You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Okay. Hey guys, welcome to the Afterlife. I'm here with my friend. We're friends, right, Lori Douglas? Yeah, I would say my we're friend, friends. Lori Douglas here, who um, I brought on the podcast for a specific reason because I've done several podcasts, not several, maybe a couple. We've done, yeah, we've done a couple. Um, with Sean Joshi and Friends, which is also on the Laugh Factory Network, um, and it's a sports podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, after one of the podcasts, I called you and I said, Lori, I want to apologize to you. I, I think I apologize to you for a couple things. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you apologize about talking about my boobs. Well, I said, well, nice to <laughs> see fake, like real boobs in LA. And I was like, ugh, that's so, that's awful to say, I realize. I kind of look back, I go, oh, that's not cool to say. I don't know why I said, I mean, I wasn't, obviously was clearly not being insulting, but still no. like, whatever. Um, so I apologize, and then I apologize because I said I felt like I was over talking you and I felt that people were over talking you and you were so kind of you have a very calm disposition for the most part for yes. the most part yeah. um, which may all be a ruse and so I thought Crazy. Um, but you never were like <laughs> you weren't like crossfire on Fox like what the? you were just kind of like okay these people are over talking me they're assholes and uh, so I was talking with Tommy and I was like you know Lori should be the subject of a podcast let's just get Lori because when we did have this group podcast um, and we started talking about your life, y- y- you're actually, you have an incredibly strong point of view. You're very opinionated. Yeah. And you're pretty saucy. I am a little saucy for you're sure. Saucy. That's definitely true. So, But I feel like when you're in like a group podcast, you have, like there has to be one, there is like the people that are more dominant and then there's like the more submissive within the podcast that's how it works i feel like you can't have a bunch of people everyone's screaming, screaming. so you one person it's kind of like the straight person in the movie this the yeah straight man right yeah everyone's wacky and you yeah. one person's like I'm sean though also has like a shit ton to say yeah he could talk about a napkin if he had to for yes. an hour and he will i'm sure he has at some point yes sean joshi guys check him out at sean joshi shout out to sean so uh, you've done this podcast how many times um i want to say probably like six seven eight maybe ten okay and it's called fanatics are you a big sports person i love sports yes always your whole life yeah so let's get to this let's get to the life story how'd you get from uh being a a a comic in la you started as a i'm gonna go with a white person you started as a tech in texas yes so what was that like? You were grew up in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas. Um, grew up a Christian scientist, which I've, I think I've oh talked yeah, about we before. talked about that very briefly. So yeah. so uh, tell people what Christian scientism is. So it's basically like an extreme form of Christianity where you don't take medicine, you just pray. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know where the scientist part came in when did, at all. When did that come about as a religion? I don't even know. I want to say maybe like 1900s. 1900s. So you. I literally just threw that out there. I have <laughs> no idea. So, but you were from day one. Both your parents. Born. Were yeah. My my parents. I come from like a long line of Christian scientists, oh. which means like I don't know anything about my like health history, which is very interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very like I think that my I think that my grandpa had Alzheimer's, but maybe not. Like we don't know exactly what. What your what's grandpa going had down. was a praying problem. He clearly. did. He was like very he confused. Did not pray enough. 
No, not hard enough. More. But my parents, like, uh, so my mom and my dad met at like Christian Science Camp. They were camp. counselors. They were like legends. <laughs> they like proposed to her on a trail there. They named it after them. They loved them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was born, and I was very ADHD. And so my mom was like, okay, prayers aren't going to fix this one. And so yeah. she got me on medicine. Uh -huh. And then from there, they were kind of like, they didn't know for a while, and they thought like but I was But now healed. when you say they got you medicine, was at the time it was Ridlin or Adderall? Ridlin. 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 Okay. So I was like six years old on Ridlin. Six years old on six Ridlin. Six years old on Ridlin. There's no restrictions in terms of the age. I don't think so. I mean, maybe now there might be. Like, I yeah. don't even think that was healthy, but I think my parents were like, we have to drug her. Like, there's wow. nothing that we can do. Do I you was, agree with that? I do, in the sense that I feel like when you drug a child at a, I mean, it's got to be within like, because there's certain neurons that like when someone is ADHD and like the different pathways that they have and like the way that they connect their short term memory mm -hmm. is very much enhanced by that type of medication. And so a child who is in like social situations when they're young isn't going to pick up on social cues, isn't going to pick up on certain things yeah. when they're just all over the place. Yeah. Do I, th I think that there's probably way more effective ways to deal with that now, like with meditation or like to get a six year old to meditate. I know. Good luck. Good, it would be, I mean, especially me, it would have been impossible. Yeah. But I feel like my mom just, like, didn't know what to do with me. Like, yeah. she just didn't. Like, they were, like, calling her into school and being like, come watch her. And I was, like, literally doing laughs. I was, like, kicking people in the nuts. I was fucking crazy. Yeah. I saw, like, one time, like, Cameron Diaz doing the mask, and I was just doing it from then on out. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. But don't like you that feel like that's kid. also, as a because I, I was also diagnosed with, ADD, mm -hmm. but my parents refused to put me on medication. Yeah, and I still have symptoms like all the class. My zipper is down all, all the time. time. My shoelaces are never tied. My keys, my wallet—I don't know where the fuck I have. I have a tile. You know what a tile is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hopefully, tile. Will did you lose it? Did you did you lose your tile? No, but I have tiles on everything. That's hilarious. Like I have tiles in my wallet. I have, like, on my car keys because I'm always like, where the fuck I need. Um, and I started smoking weed, which I don't think is helping yeah, at see, all. Yeah, I don't need tiles because I was medicated. <laughs> but do you think that has, has translated to your adult life where you're less AD now? I, I feel like it is to an extent, but I got, I've gotten to a point where I was like, I'm not taking medicine anymore. Like, I don't like the way that it makes me feel. And then How when old I got, were you when you got to that point? Probably after college, like that year after college. So in college, college you, were, you were on ultimate. I was on it a bit. I was definitely on it because I was like, I'm also dyslexic. And so it helps me focus and be there maybe you just had dad yeah so stupid that's a bad joke Don't dad use it. dad okay. just dad not ADD. dad, dad. dyslexic dyslexic is this thing on okay did, did so. anyone hear me <laughs> i made a joke and it was funny it was terrible anyway so um you by the way when you were on medication in college and you had those drugs kids were probably hitting oh my god they were the up my ass but They're i was like, like dude it's like a process for me to get this shit yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to like like prescriptions at least the one i was getting was not cheap it was like a hundred bucks for yeah. a prescription really well so to insurance go, wouldn't cover it well insurance covers it but to go to like a doc like specific doctors to get that prescription it is like a hundred dollars yeah and they couldn't just renew it over at any no because because I, I don't know if it maybe is different in other areas but like in oregon that meth is huge there and so it's like an amphetamine salt is what so you're people taking. use that to create meth yeah so um. you have to be really careful with who they're got giving it, it to it. there's a whole process but i remember seeing somebody in college take some adderall of mine and like do a line and they like were telling me it was like coke and i was like okay 
that's nuts. Like, because I never knew that at the time. I took it for like I needed. I didn't know that people were doing it recreate. I can't even speak recreationally. (laughs) That my dyslexia just came out. That's so embarrassing. (laughs) But yeah, so after college, I was like, I'm not going to be medicated. Got it. So let's let's back up to when you were when you were a kid. What what do you remember in terms of your ADD? You just said you you saw Cameron Diaz the mask. What do you remember? Like, were you fighting a lot? Like. in your mind, was it that bad, or do you think maybe it was a little exaggerated and you were just a typical kid? I mean, I think I was awesome. I had so much fun. I was crazy. I feel like if my mom would have put me in, like, sports she or something, oh, she, she, or, like, found a way. I mean, they did, but I was a nutcase. Yeah. They had a tough time. I have I have a niece, and she'll never listen to this. I hope not. Um, but she was, at age five, she was like, <laughs> She was ripped, yeah. and she was like, and she'd get angry, and she'd like, Rrr. and it, it was it was scary. Yeah. And she was so strong, and she was so athletic, and you just knew like you had to get her into something, or she was gonna end up killing people. Completely, I definitely was not aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, when someone when my niece is a sociopath. 100% yeah, you're like, for sure. we're gonna have to put you into something. Yeah, I think she might have killed animals. There's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah, uh, that's a whole thing. So you were just you just had a lot of energy. Yeah, just and tons it of energy. Why didn't your parents put you in sports then? They did put me in sports, but I don't think it helped. Like, they did stuff with me, but I just think that I was just on. So a whole it's crazy level. that like not only I don't think I knew anyone else who's been on Ritalin at age six, number mm-hmm. one, and then the fact that they were also. Christian science. I know. Parents is so bizarre. It's not. Like, I remember my mom, like, in, in real talk, my mom at that time, because I make jokes about it, and I was, like, sitting with a, f- a family friend of ours, and I was making a joke about it, and she was like, Lori, no, like, that was really hard on your mom. Your mom, like, had to, like, really decide. I mean, this is what she was her whole life. My mom yeah. got all four of her wisdom teeth pulled with nothing. Whoa. Because that's, like, what they as did. As an adult. As a child. Okay, yeah. And, and got, had, Two babies naturally, no medicine. Oh my god! But then, like, I came and she was like, "Okay, <laughs> we're gonna need." Something. So, do your par- and your parents are still around now? My dad passed away when I was okay. young. My mom's still around. Do you look at now? I don't want to get too deep in this, but did your dad pass away for something that was a solvable, treatable? He thing? actually he had cancer, and he we actually treated it with and chemo. So we did chemo and, and all that, and then at that point, like we we couldn't go to the church. Oh, you can't go to the. It's really awkward to go to Christian Science Church bald from chemo so then at that point it was kind of like we stopped really being associated with that church your parents your parents was it a clean break or they just slowly faded away slowly faded i mean they people still came to his funeral and everything like that and there's people that are still in our lives but it was a big issue with like my my dad's side of the family with him getting chemo they were really upset about it because they wanted him just to die naturally yeah i mean there's people who I don't want to ever like knock a religion because I feel like that. Oh, please knock know. a religion. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I just remember at that time, like I was so young processing that and being like, I don't even understand how you can't. Yeah. Like if there's an option to keep him alive longer, why would you not do it? Like yeah. it just was not something I could process. You know, it's, it, I don't know if you've heard of someone called John of God. Uh-huh. Have you heard of him? I feel like I have. So he's a healer and like Peru I don't know I don't want to say but like a South American country but a lot of LA people a lot of mm-hmm. Americans go down this because he heals people I think he was on Oprah and shit okay uh, anyway so and people swear oh my god he, I had this I had this he healed it. and then it came out recently that he he had cancer and got chemo and really? radiation 
and he beat his cancer, but he told all of his followers that he beat it through prayer. Oh, that's and so all these people with cancer go down to see this guy, yeah. and they pay him tens of thousands of dollars, and then they fucking die. I mean, there's also the placebo effect is like the idea. Totally. That, you know. But that's, I feel like that that is such bullshit. The what, the that placebo? guy should like go to jail Absolutely. to be like telling people and then to not do it yourself. But there's like, a reason he's not practicing in America. He's practicing, you know, there are sure, people sure. who, it's like Michael Jackson. There are people who go to their grave defending John of God. I'm still so confused by like the fact that everyone was so shocked by that documentary. I'm like, we all knew this was happening. Why are you acting like this is a new thing? Okay, let me just, uh, we're, we're going, going to get back to you, but let's talk about this for a second. Because yeah. I got suspended from Twitter because I wrote, I said, hey, if you guys want to be attacked by strangers, do one of two things. Say that Michael Jackson was a pedophile or say that vegan food tastes like cardboard. <laughs> and I got I could not believe. First of all, the amount of Michael Jackson that must be scouring the Twitter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. looking for any keywords. And I got attacked. I will say this. They didn't attack me. A lot of people definitely like call me a piece of shit and a loser like, oh, you're stupid. You know, then they'd Google my stand up. Oh, and yeah. And then they're going to career shaming me um and then there's some people who are like i understand you feel that way but here are the facts and they would send me the same documentary over and over yeah. again about how wave robson is a liar or whatever now I, I i came from the point when i watched i was i didn't really know i kind of assumed it but i mm -hmm. also wanted to believe that maybe he was just like this weird guy and when i watched leaving neverland and I'm an actor and I study people. I was a yo you know, it's like all you do as an actor and as a comic is yeah. you study people and I'm going, Oh, these guys are telling the truth. Yeah, for sure. And and, and even if you're like, Okay, maybe maybe Wade and James Softek aren't hundred percent telling the truth, you mean to tell me they have seven other family members who perfectly played Oscar winning parts in this documentary. There was not a false note in that whole fucking documentary. Mm -hmm. Not one time did I go, Mm, you're bullshitting me. I left that documentary. The one thing that I thought from it, I mean, I didn't really watch it fully. The one thing I took away from that, and, and several documentaries that I've seen that are like this, those parents should be indicted. Those parents should be held accountable for negligence with their children. I feel like hearing that woman say that she, her room got further and further away and then she was fine with it because they didn't have a suite that was a, perfect for her. Yeah. If that was my child, I'd be like, I don't give a shit. Put me in the room that's closest to my okay, son. Okay, let me let or me let me give you a counter argument to that. I'm here. So, there's a guy that every liberal hates. I like uh, Jordan Peterson, mm -hmm. right? And one of his classes apparently is about the Nazi Party. He goes, if you were in Germany in the 40s or in the 30s and 40s, 30s, um, and the Nazi Party was around, would you be a member? Everyone's folding their arms. No, who would definitely never be? Never be, and everyone raises their hand. Yeah. And by the end of the semester, who would be in the Nazi party? Most of the class raises their hand, right? Mm -hmm. The point is that people get indoctrinated into a belief system, particularly when you're surrounded by a lot of people who are part yeah. of the same belief system, and it becomes a question of de-individuation, where you, your personal responsibility gets abnegated because everyone else is believing in the same thing. Yeah. So if all of his, the driver, you're like, well, the driver can't be complicit in Michael Jackson fucking kids. The maid can't be complicit. So in your mind, you think there's not a conspiracy of 100 people covering for Michael Jackson yeah. fucking boys. So it has to be safe. Now, maybe that's a trick these parents are playing. So yeah. they don't have to, they can still fly first class. I don't know. But I just, these women seem like they were not daft women. They didn't even, but they didn't even seem affected to me when I was watching this documentary. 
Yeah, but that's also the way that they yeah, were. Yeah, I was just like, what the because fuck? Because no one's going to watch a documentary where everyone's like, oh, I know, they're oh. just crying the whole time. They're just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when, when people say it's not true, when that woman, when the one woman says, when he died, I was fucking happy. I could, you know, I was like, you don't fake that. You don't fake wishing yeah, someone yeah. to be dead. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, that's a very, anyway, so this was a segue from what? We were talking, we were talking about, about um, Christian science, growing up in Texas. But what was it oh, right before the Michael Jackson thing? D- two ADD people trying oh, to figure ADD. it out. Dead dad. Um, oh, you had you had ADD in school. You had ADD in school. Oh, yeah. You were asking what my memories were being medicated at six. Yeah, well, because I, I guess I like I got kicked out of elementary school because I bit a kid in the head. Oh, shit. And then I hid the janitor's closet. And that's when p- doctors came in and all that shit. Yeah, they're like, something's not right with him. And I'm, d- I'm definitely n- have problems <laughs> I still. But I also think, I don't know if it was good to get, get medicated at that age. So, but, uh, like, I guess I was saying, like, when you're a kid, you, you look back and go, like, okay, I guess it was good that I got on it. Do you ever have, f- do you ever feel angry at the doctor or your parents for putting you on medication like that? Back to the Michael Jackson yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, not so much. But I think that it, I would be curious to, to, to see, like, what I would be like without it. Yeah. And, like, what I would have, like, who knows what Probably the fuck. Probably wouldn't be a comic. I <laughs> might be arrested, like, in jail, just chilling That's somewhere. That's true. It's hard a, to know. Who knows? I mean, I think that I haven't, I haven't really, like, sat and been like, what would life be? Because at this point, it's like, oh, well, it's a done deal. I can't yeah, go course, back. Of course, of course. But I do remember, like, everyone being like, you're so fun when you're not on medicine. Really? Yes, because you're just a different person. You're, like, very serious. You're just, like, not you. nothing entertains you. You're different. Were you aware when you were young and you were on Ritalin yeah. that, that your brain was being affected Were you as it was happening? Because as an adult, uh, when I got on Vyvanse, yeah. um, which is great, maybe Vyvanse will sponsor us. Um, they, th- there are times when I'm trying to be really creative yeah, and let my creative mind take over yeah. and I feel like it blocks it. Oh, it does completely. Like I can't do it when I act or anything. Like I think one of the big reasons too for me when I stopped doing it was like I, I can't act on it. I really can't do comedy on it. Uh-huh. I can't do improv on it. Yeah. It just fucks you have with a, if you. If you have a task where you have Yeah, if I have to, to write, do. if I'm sitting and I'm going to write like a copyright, pilot or yeah. like something – Yes, then it's beneficial to me. Yeah. But even then, like, you need to go through and edit it with an ability to make some jokes and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But it it changes your personality for sure. Yeah. That's, uh, if you can't see, that's Tommy. He got some red wine. Um, there's a, there's a um, wine in, a wine opener inside the thingy. He has the key to my... I He's trust this it. guy with you everything. I trust him with everything. He's a trustworthy Th- guy. That's not it. I can't. I can't say it on camera right now. That's no, crazy. I have to just look at my uh, my phone to see the number. Okay, we'll 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 continue in the meantime, Tommy. <laughs> just give everyone your zoom code. Just everybody on here. <laughs> yeah, now that I have like a big sign that says, and then yeah, one day I'll get a stalker. Hopefully. You might have one now. Don't 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 limit yourself. Really? You think I might have a yeah, stalker? Yeah, there's a good chance. Uh, I I've learned that. My h- most hardcore fans, yeah, and we can talk about this later, are, and they're probably listening, so I shouldn't say anything. But they're definitely like m- men. M- no, well, when I was younger, yes, but now they've they've given up on me. Uh, overweight housewives. 
Really? In middle of America. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're all in my shit. I'm always like, oh, look at this. Okay. Um, so, back to you. They're all about it's it. It's true. They're all about it. They love me. Anyway, so uh, so you were you were a kid. You were on med. Now, did you s- the discipline problem stop when you were on medication? Yeah. Really. For the most part. And yeah. So you were just like a good kid. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really get into trouble much. And you were playing sports. A little bit. A little bit of sports. Here and there. And then after my dad died, I didn't do too many sports. So how did, how did that affect you in terms of just, like, your life and growing up, the fabric I mean, who you are? I think it affected me in the idea of just, like, reality. I think when you, like, lose some – I was 11. So then yeah. it's, like, your whole perception of the world's different. It's not, yeah. like, bright and happy. You're, like – People fucking die. People die, yeah. And, and that's so a really young age to learn Really that. young. And, and I watched him die. Like, it, I think that death's interesting because it's like there's some – it's hard to say, like, if something happens sudden, like, what is harder? Mm-hmm. Something – someone that leaves and you didn't know they were going to go yeah. versus, like, slowly watching someone just deteriorate in front yeah. of you. But for me, that was really, really hard for me to watch yeah. and hard for me to see. And I kind of, like – ran away from a lot of it and I think that for me forgiving myself for not being like the at that age I didn't know and I know at the age that I literally was doing whatever the hell I could do to like survive yeah but I but growing up from that I held on to so much anger at myself and regret that I wasn't like the woman that my you know the woman that I would have wanted to be to take care of my father in that way but I was so young but that was probably like the hardest thing for me to process. But I think it changed me just like I just had a different outlook on life as far sure. as like knowing that not nothing's forever. Yeah. A, f- a friend of mine had cancer at age nine and recovered, but was near death for a long yeah. time. And when he got out of it, he just couldn't get back into the swing of school. Yeah. Because he knew it was bullshit. Completely. Like, oh, this is all bullshit. The only thing that matters is love yeah. and family and friends is like fulfillment. And this is all garbage. Yeah. And he, he was nine years old and he knew it. Like what we know now, Completely. I think. And well, some of us kind of have got it. We get later in life. I mean, you talk to anyone who's a seven or eight or they're like, fuck it. It's about family and friends and yeah. love, everything else, you know. Um, so you said that you realize that you were holding on to this anger and resentment did you have to get go to therapy to get that realization mm-hmm. when did you realize like oh my god i've been holding on to all this resentment probably about like a year ago like fully realizing it that it was was that through therapy or through like comedy and alcohol <laughs> through like <laughs> comedy through a little bit of therapy you want to eat first tommy huh? you want to eat first get is that food it food in you you look like you're starving go eat go you you could eat outside or Eat at the table or eat inside? People probably don't want to hear you masticate on the microphone, but... I love the audio. He's like... We had this one, when we we had Brent Morin on, and uh, the neighbor came by by with... uh, She came by with cookies. Ooh. What was it? She came by with something like cookies. Yeah, it was cookies. And I had several... Lori, would you ever put Tommy through a Jedi training course? <laughs> what, je- what kind of Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> what, ty- what type of Jedi training? Oh, whatever. I was being, I was being inappropriate. Um, we're ready? We're recording? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Why are you squatting over there? 
Wh where's the food? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The last, <laughs> the last thing you said on the podcast was we're recording right go now. Go over there and eat. We are recording right now. Okay, cool. That's good. you were like, You'll you just want to eat over there? So, okay, fine. Go over so there and eat. In yes. time, chronologically, I'm I'm gross. over here eating still. Okay. I'm really sorry. Got it. So no, it's great. Uh, it's great. We're, cool. we're back from our sponsors. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Monastat. Monastat for sponsor podcast. Um, Lori is going to talk about the medium that she went to, which is not weird at all because we're in LA. It's it's classic, I think. It's and I, almost too cliche. And you said you were going to say the medium told you something that made you one hundred percent believe that she was was had access to your f dead father. What was that? Um. Well. One, the things that she brought up to me were a lot of it was stuff I just said at like open mics. Like, there's no way she would have been able to hear. Like, my dad was literally responding to my bit. Really? Give yeah. me an example. So, like, the bit about being like, you know, I had a bit where I was working out, like, yeah, you know, my, like, people try to make you feel better about your dad dying, and they're like, oh, don't worry, he's always with you. And I was like, always with oh, me, though. Like, no. I don't want my dad always with me. And then I was like, can you imagine, like, I go to my medium and I'm, like, thinking it's going to be this great experience. And I just sit down and my dad's like, we got a lot of shit to talk about, Lori. Like, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed in you. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I was like, that could be, like, a viable thing that could fucking happen. Absolutely. Like, him just being like, let's just sit and talk <sighs> about, it. like, I, like me waking <sighs> up with Taco Bell all over me. Like, just, like, waking up from black. I mean, you, there's. You know what? I've thought about that recently. I hate to interrupt it. Yeah. But, like, m my parents, you know, they're going to die hopefully you know not too soon but they're gonna die yeah and if you believe in the spiritual like once they die they have some sort of omniscient knowledge of yeah. their child and i'm going like they're gonna know all the shit that i never told them yeah and they're gonna know what a piece of shit i am went and i wonder if they're gonna be in heaven like god damn it or they're gonna be like ah, we knew it you don't know. Anyway, it would go back to your story. It's true. It is, it it's true. That, yeah. It's true. I've There's been certain things in my life that I've definitely not done because I was like, I refuse for my father to see me do this. Wow. Interesting. Specifically. Do you ever feel that your father has, something's happened where you felt that your father nudged you or something sort of extra sensory Oh my God. Happened? Well, after my dad passed away, we, so after my dad passed away, two weeks later, my grandpa died. And then a month later, my grandma died. And so we went from funeral to funeral to funeral. Oh my and, um, my grandma, my grandma's funeral, I was with my sister and my two cousins and my cousin was driving and we spun out, got into like the middle of like it was a busy street but we spun out we spun onto someone's yard and then like somehow like ended up right back on the road like straight literally legit like like in a on comedy movie yeah yeah and when we got we're all like all sappy and shit when we got home there was like handprints like on the like no bumper fucking way yeah and like crazy things have happened like especially like when my dad was really sick like the things that i mean they they're, they're they're slowly losing their mind but they also too when they're in hospice care because my mom took care of my dad when mm -hmm. he was sick mm -hmm. and like near the end she had a hospice woman that came in to help a little bit but yeah for the most part it was all my mom yeah and like one night like my dad literally couldn't even walk he had to have like a walker he gets up out of bed takes his oxygen off starts walking and is like they're here to reevaluate me they're here to reevaluate me. And my mom's like, 
who the fuck's here to reevaluate you? And he's like, I can't see them now, but one day, like, I will see them. And he was, like, literally pointing to people in front of him. And my mom was like, the room was full. Like, it felt full. And then, like, my dad of one time. spirits that were, like. Like, like, mm, I don't know, whatever you believe. Ooh. Like, I think wow. too, I think too, like, I'm, I'm somebody that I kind of think that, like, whatever you believe is, like, what of happens course, you're gonna, to you. Of course, you're going to create it. Yeah, like. But, like, even, like, one time there was, like, one time my mom was, like, bitching at him, she said, like, when he was sick. And he was, like, there's more important people talking to me right now. And she was, like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, like, one time he, like, lost his oxygen. Like, literally couldn't. He barely could move. And my mom was, like, stressed. He needed it. Like, he couldn't breathe without it. And my mom's freaking out. It's, like, down behind the bed. And my dad literally was, like, calm down. And, like, reached back, grabbed it exactly, and put it back on. I mean, who, I, it just depends upon the person and what you choose to believe. But I, think and what. I think it's good to believe in something. I, I think, think you have to for the most part. To. When people are like, even people who are like devout atheists, which is an oxymoron, but people are like hardcore atheists. Yeah. I'm always like, but you believe so strongly being an atheist. Why not believe that? You know what I mean? That's still a belief. That's a pretty strong... That's almost like a spiritual belief. Oh, it definitely is. I think it is to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Believing in nothing. Do you think that you grew up in a cult? Do you look back and go, I um, was a, a cult member? I don't necessarily... I don't think so because... But I mean, I was in it. So I don't I don't necessarily think that. But I mean, if you talk to like a, a Catholic, they say that any religion that has a separate book is a cult. What was the Christian science so book? So the Christian science, um, Mary Baker Eddy, she has like a separate book of like prayers. What's her name again? Mary Baker Eddy. She founded it. Yes. Okay. And so she has like prayer, prayer books. And I mean, the stuff she writes is beautiful. I'm it's sure. amazing. Yeah. But um, it's not like they, it's, I mean, like, so with Mormons, it's John Smith or yes. whatever. And so. Joseph uh, Smith. Joseph Smith. Our one John, and only savior. John yes. Smith. <laughs> he was also with Pocahontas. Yeah, John Smith. He was killing it everywhere. I went to a Mormon camp too. Once, once my, once like. Once people found out that I was like a free agent of Christianity, they were like, at all the churches were coming at me. They were hilarious. all coming at me. But are like, you serious? Oh my really? god, yes, it's a big thing. Like people in the South, they want to save lives. Like they collect saving. Like they, they, tr like, and, and I, they, you know, you're from the South. Like they want us, like, make sure that you're safe. And they would hear that you were no longer a Christian scientist. Or they, like, yeah, they were like, oh. like wait till us Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah, they're like, just wait till we get our hands on her. Oh wow! Mormon and you camp, went to a Mormon and then I went camp. to Mormon camp, and then this bitch called my sister a slut. That was a whole thing. Yeah, I was like, this place isn't for me. What did you do? Because you got all of a sudden you got. The, I like, know. I was like, my did sister's not a slut. She's grieving because it was like right after my dad died. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so let me just. I've never talked about this. So my dad was a born again Christian. Uh huh. Which is also kind of like a cult version of Christianity because what it there is a belief system that you can't truly be Christian until you're born again. And what that usually means is that you have to do like enough blow and hookers that finally, like, oh, I got to get my life together. And then you become born again. But for my dad, who was always a nerd, he's like an engineer. We were in the pool, in mm -hmm. the swimming pool, the public pool, not to brag. And uh, I, I wanted nothing to brag about a public pool. I, know, I was joking. <laughs> I wanted to jump off the diving board. And I'd never jumped off a diving board before. It's like, Dad, can you be there to catch me? Because I think maybe my instructor would catch me. So he's like, okay, so he's in the deep end, and I Michael jump. Michael Jackson catch you? Is that and I totally talking? fucking, Khabib, fucking the Russian, and I oh. foot first, like, planted oh. to my dad's chest, and he won unconscious. Like, I knocked him the fuck out. 
And he said that somebody lifted him up, pushed him to the side, to the railing, and, you know, got his hand on the railing. And so he thought that some lifeguard, and there was nobody in the pool, obviously, yeah. who did that. So after that, he was like, fuck. He got rid of all of his Playboy magazines. He was a subscriber to Playboy. He got rid of, like, everything that was deemed evil unholy, or yeah. unholy in the house, which was very weird because, you know, in, in the 70s and 80s, there was just a lot of shit that's, like, normal. Like Stephen King books. Yeah. Gone. Really? Yeah. Certain albums, gone. Mm. Certain paintings that had like sexual overtones were gone. Um, and it was really, and then I had like a really bad lisp and shit. He thought yeah. I was speaking in tongues. So he went a little bit fucking nutty. And now he's sort of, you know, you mellow out, out after yeah. a while. Um, so have you had a moment like that in your spiritual growth where you kind of, after this happened, where you kind of went wholeheartedly into a different type of spirituality or different religion? Or did you kind of maintain a mellow kind of appreciation of it all I've always maintained a very mellow appreciation of it all like I've always I always have like what I believe and just I think for me I just I have to believe in something or I just will be depressed like I will just be a depressed human being yeah but I think that I definitely in high school probably was a little bit more on the spectrum of like really hardcore. But, but I always fought it. Like I remember even being in church, like when they would have talks about like purity and women having to be very pure. But there was never anything discussed about men that always bugged me. I always yeah. questioned that. Like I was always thought, and of course, like I didn't have a dad, so bitch dressed like a slut, <laughs> and no one told me not to dress that way. But I was like, hey, and they'd be like, don't dress like that, and I'm like why not yeah and i i always questioned elements of that and there was there's certain things about it like i'm somebody like i can't believe that there are people in this world who are born into believing a certain system and that they go to hell like i refuse like i i can i personally can't believe in a god that like deems people to hell like i just can't and my my version of of what i believe in is that I, I also think that that belief system more and more is becoming antiquated. Yeah. Even people believe in God. Yeah. Because I mean, even when my dad died, because where I was at, I was in the South. And so I would have people come up to me and be like, your dad's in hell right now. Do you know oh that? Oh, my God. Because you, you were, you were, and I was like, why was I was it, like, I was like 11 because we were Christian scientists. And so Christian scientists, people don't believe that they, some, there's certain people, certain, certain types of Christians who they believe. believe that like the only way that you, so there's certain people who believe the only way you get into heaven is by getting baptized and then saying, like the prayer which is that like you accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior but as a Christian scientist you don't do that not so much like there's a different type of it's just not as by the it's more science less Christ yes that makes (laughs) sense but not even like yeah yeah it's just doesn't it's just all doesn't now were you a late bloomer in terms of your romantic inclinations were you someone who was like I mean I, I don't think i barely got laid my senior year I started to but like I was kind of a late bloomer yeah did this make you late bloomer to make you more like advance early I definitely didn't advance early I but I mean I had sex when I was my first time having sex I was 17 that's but I was like in love I was in love this guy was we gonna marry and I was like oh yeah I stage cleaned this motherfucker for six years Wait, you, you were with him for six years? I was with him for six years. Starting he at 17? He just called me, actually, just recently. <laughs> this motherfucker. I found out he, like, I didn't know. Like, I went to Oregon for this guy. Like, I thought he was You went was to Oregon? Oregon. Whoa. I was okay. digmatized hardcore. I, That's like, hilarious. thought I was going to marry this motherfucker. Well, six years from 17, yeah. high school sweethearts. Um, and what ended that relationship? Um, 
he was just so far gone. He like played he played football, lost his he he did a medical medical shirt or whatever it's called. A what? A medical what is it? Medical scholarship, not a medical shirt. I'm like thinking gray, red shirt. But like he did all of those things throughout his career because he yeah. was always injured. And then finally had to do a medical scholarship and then fucking lost his shit. Couldn't continue playing because it was too hard for him or not playing. But was he a professional football player? No, he was at Oregon just playing yeah, like yeah. college. Duck, yeah. And so at that time they were going to like bring him on and like let him help coach. Couldn't do any of that. Oh, Nothing. wow. And just like wanted to be a rapper. He like fell hard so he had ct cte yeah yeah for sure something oh wow and then like smoking k2 like he was just crazy at the end i was like no and you loved him so you thought you could heal him with your love yeah i just think i was like i thought he was gonna like figure it out yeah of course yeah you know mm -hmm. so when did comedy come into your life in the middle of all this stuff I always like throughout college I got like obsessed with it and would like write bits and always like I w all of us would get drunk like my friends and I would get drunk and I would end up like doing all my bits for them and like we would always so be, like, as stand up not as like sketch no stand up I so would who, like, your st who were the stand ups that you were watching or listening to at the time that made you kind of go wow this is amazing well I love Richard Pryor Richard Pryor and um, I loved uh, Steve Martin and I, I loved Robin Williams and it's I, I feel like it's like super cliche to say, but like I fucking fell in love with Dane Cook. Like I, I thought don't think he was I, so. I think, I think too many people deny the fact I, that that I was a thing. I truly like he was one of the people that like I just everyone in my high school was obsessed with him, and I never got on board. And then in college, I started like listening to his albums. I would yeah. like drive and just listen, and I was like, this guy's funny as fuck. And then I would watch his specials. And I, I just, he was definitely someone that really, yeah. and Chelsea Handler too, for me was, I would always watch Chelsea lately, like in the evenings. And that was for me, like watching that, I was like, that's what I want to do yeah. for the rest yeah. of my life. Like her little sketch bits and things like that. You know what? And we talked about Dane and in an intro, a different intro, but like, cause, cause when I was coming from comedy, he was at the height of his yeah. thing, right? I guess I, I came up 2005. 2006 he was at the height of his popularity but it was just the backlash was kind of because kind of, he was so big and then people were always like well you know he only got that big because of MySpace he was just a really good promoter he's a really good promoter but I would see him at the Laugh Factory even before I did comedy and mm -hmm. he would level the fuck I mean he still does honestly yeah, but he, he would does. but back then I mean it was like uncanny what he yeah. would do to room you'd never see anything like it and people really just want to like shit at him it's kind of you know why because i think it's like the rocky movies yeah remember like rocky one and two it was like he was fucking rocky and then he got really famous and really popular mm -hmm. and then he started tanning and doing mm -hmm. steroids <laughs> and worry about his look and doing publicity thing remember and this is like rocky f three 12 maybe i think it was rocky <laughs> three when this started happening before he got beat up by clubber lang he just he was like he was he was just like he was in love with his celebrity. Yeah. This is Rocky. And I think that like, and then he lost touch with what made him the champion that he was. I feel like that is like what happens. People with just everybody. lose touch with what was their thing and what yeah. got them there in the first place. And if you look at some of these directors, like some of the best directors of all time, like say Scorsese and Spielberg, and I would fucking kill both of you right now to work with either one of them. But at the same time, same. their best movies happened a while ago 
Well, you know what? I also think this. I feel very strongly about this is that like the come up for an artist is a very long road. And so the stuff that they put out, I mean, there's definitely going to be something that's going to go against what I'm saying. But like what they put out, like what you see their first stuff is stuff that's been built up for 10 years. It's their best shit. They've got like, and then once you get to a point, I think I, I could be wrong. I feel like with comedy too, like once you get famous, there's a lot of relatability that you lose. Like you don't have the same like toolbox to pull from. Like you don't, I mean you do to an extent, but probably like what surface wise you're going to talk about is not probably going to be relatable to middle America or what, I don't know. And I feel that way with like even pilots and things like that, or like shows that you watch, like the first season's phenomenal. And the second season comes out and it's like, yeah, well, then they have a new writing they staff. Had, yeah. they have to figure out, okay, and well they have to write it in, like, how many months versus, like, however long that took for somebody to come up with all of those ideas. Yeah. Same yeah. with an artist. A little bit. I mean, I guess music's, uh, music's a little bit different because sometimes they don't, like, get to come into their own until they get away from a label, all that stuff. Yeah. But I just think it's really hard when you become really famous in anything that you do. First of all, we we have a lot of money. Uh, not that money should be the incentive for everything, obviously, but... When you have a beach house in Malibu and wife and kids, you want to create the next great film? Sure you do. <laughs> but is it burning you in the same way? I mean, do you think like guys in the 80s like Lucas and Spielberg and all those, they were fucking maniacs. They were hungry as hell. They were hungry they and were they were ready. on drugs. And they were making fucking amazing shit. And now they're like, uh, okay. They know the formula. But then you see them like, okay, Spielberg, I see you doing your formula. And it's well done. But like, is it E.T.? No. <laughs> Will it ever be E.T.? I don't know. Again? What are you going to say, Tommy? Only that E.T. is probably the greatest movie ever made. It's so And good. if we could put one movie on a pedestal, it would be Are e. you serious? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, E.T. I reference that movie all the time. Seriously, all the time. <laughs> like if someone, like my cat, like when, yeah. I, get, when I get sick, my cat would start sneezing. Because we had like an Elliot E.T. connection. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just comes up a lot. Wow. Anyway, um, what the fuck were we talking about? We were talking about, okay, so, so Dane Cook, yeah, Dane Cook was, was <laughs> I mean, look, he, 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 he's, he's still an he's still amazing comic. He's still definitely worth seeing. Everyone should check him out. He's on, he's on the tour now. Yeah. Um, but I think people kind of want to deny how seminal he was mm-hmm. as a comic and how he really introduced, I mean, look, I don't think Chris D'Elia will will say it. But I don't think Chris would be doing comedy if it wasn't, wasn't for Dane Cook. I think, Dan, and I, I'd say that maybe about me too. I mean, my foray into comedy was more like literal clowns, like Chaplin yeah. and Buster Keaton. I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to fall on stage and break dance. But um, but Dane Cook was someone who I think a lot of people, a lot of younger people, were like, you don't have to be the guy, and you don't have to be an ugly person. Number one, you don't have to be the guy <laughs> in the suit and tie. Like it was like there was the guy in the blazer and jeans. Yeah. yeah. Or there was a guy with like the fucking leather jacket trying to be like, I'm counterculture. But that was it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Dane Dice. Cook came around with a big Bruins jersey or whatever the, f- you just know. Just a guy. He was just a good dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people, I mean, it probably created a, a huge swath of really shitty comics who were like, I'm a dude. I'm a tell comedy. Everybody about being a dude. who's really good but creates a shitty swath of yeah. kind of want to be. But I think, that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, do you, now as. Are you physical in your act at all? I've never seen you be that physical. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more physical. Yeah. A bit, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say 
is your style of comedy right now? Would you say that you're observational or personal, or what would you say is? I'd probably thing say I'm mostly personal. Yeah, I'm moving into observational more and more, but I feel like with observational, you just run into the same premise as other people constantly. Yeah, that's true. You know, and so not, but I'm. I also really like talking politics, but that's kind of like. I don't give think me an example of, I don't of a political joke you do. Like I do a Melania impression. Really? Yes. Can we hear it? Maybe one more swig of wine. You'll do the Melania impression. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you talk politics, Tommy, at all? I used to. I have like a global warming joke, but not much. Let's hear it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> I love putting people in spot. Because there's no audience that's going to I haven't even been talking, and now I'm just going to hop like, hey, in. And here's my global woman. Uh, basically, it's just trying to get... I'm a liberal, right? Yes. But I think sometimes that comedy swings so liberal that it's interesting, especially now being in L.A., to try and help the liberal audience understand the conservative perspective. Mm-hmm. You know that's all I think about my act right mm-hmm. yeah, okay. just just because it's something a lot of them have never even considered yes and it's basically the joke uh, it's not super fleshed out but it's the fact that if you think about how preposterous global warming sounds from a person who believes in God and doesn't know anything about science yeah the fact that we're eating cows and that cow farts are causing polar bears to be extinct yeah that's an insane thing yeah or like me driving my car is affecting a penguin uh-huh so i was trying to put it like i was trying to reverse everything and and the fact that al gore the person who ran against the republicans yeah is the like spokesperson for global warming yeah so it's like imagine if mitt romney lost right yeah. as he did and then the next year he came out with a documentary saying that if liberals and it has to be something that liberals a love doing. A documentary about like, how women need to stay in the kitchen and have babies. Or like or like a, a documentary about how if liberals don't stop listening to NPR and smoking weed, then uh, the dolphins are all going to become obese or just some crazy consequence that seems completely unrelated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's it's actually like, a great premise. I like that, Tommy. Ultimately, liberals are saying to conservatives, you have to stop doing your two favorite things, eating hamburgers and driving loud big trucks. Yes. Or there's mm-hmm. some shit that you're never going to see or be affected by is going to happen. Yeah. And it's really important. Yes. Yeah. But no, so. but th- that's great. That's and great I believe premise. in global warming and I think it's I think an it's issue. A great premise. But, you know. but I also don't, I think it's really, really hard to give people, uh, w- to get people to give a fuck about the fate of polar bears. Like if polar bears die, like people, what are you going to tell your kids? I guess won't, I just won't talk to them about polar bears. Yeah. And it's like it's the little shit like the bees are going extinct, which is going to end up killing all the plants. But when you just say the bees are going extinct, most people are like, I hate bees. Yeah. Yeah. They're fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I got. Also, cow farts. People are like, you just made that up. Yeah. That sounds crazy. There's so many powerful farts. (laughs) (laughs) The world is ending because because cows are farting. Yeah. It's just and, and then they oh you're trying to make us vegan to make us gay so you can push your liberal agenda of course I get that and I actually <laughs> I, I'm sure that I'm, I'm not and I get really sick of that everyone like oh because I don't know your parents were probably Republican was your family growing up was a very Republican stronghold my family was not political in any way shape or oh form. really yeah interesting like wouldn't talk politics yeah so what do you talk about in politics or religion 
when you, you say you do politics, what type of stuff do you like to talk about? I just do like impressions of Melania. And then I used to do like a Trump impression. Like I'd comb over my hair and like do him like looking at the solar eclipse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, then I kind of stopped because I was like, I think we're sick of talking about Trump. Like mm. I think we're done. But yeah. I, I do a sketch. I do some sketch stuff with Anya and Anya has this sketch that he wrote with me being Trump. So like, I'll go and like fully dress like him, like in a suit and oh, everything. Oh, that's great. That's great. But in your term of your stand-up, yeah. It's yeah, not so really I'll, be like, I'll be like, like, I have this whole bit about, like, exes and stuff. And I was like, have you ever, like, um, just, like, I can't remember what exactly it is. Like, been ashamed to say that someone's been inside of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like how Melania feels every time she wakes up and sees Trump. That's, that's pretty, yeah, <laughs> and pretty And I'm like, ugh, you again. <laughs> I thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> I do not want to be lady of the first. <laughs> That's probably so true, too. Oh, yeah, can you imagine? Then I'm like, make America, I think instead of making America great again, we need to make Melania a sugar baby again. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot, for some reason, a lot of people don't want to admit that she's a sugar baby. She's a sugar baby through and through. Yeah, she's absolutely. a sugar baby that didn't get what she signed. Like, she, you know she just wanted a boat and, like, mm. maybe a jewelry line at Target. Like, totally. that's what she wanted. Yeah, yeah. And now she's, like, having to read to children, which would be... My God, if I was the first lady had to go read to a bunch of ch- I would hope that they were <laughs> blind just so I could make up the words. Like, I would just hope that they were blind so I wouldn't, like, have to be held accountable for the words that I said wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy to think about the fact that Melania is in the White House, like, living the life that she does not want. Just a nightmare. Like, what can you do? She's, like, looking out the window. like. And liberals are trying to, like, put her in this category of, like, no, no, you can be... You can hate your husband and be a strong, independent woman with us. And she's just like, I don't want any of you motherfuckers. She's like, I don't want any of this. Oh my god, that's crazy. So, um, so you you don't really do politics so much. You do personal stuff. How deep you talk about your dad dying, which is pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. I I've d- I yeah. Are I don't do it at comedy clubs yet. I do it like I'll do it at like a bar show, like throw yeah. it out there and stuff like that. Like there's still kinks working out and everything like that. Yeah, I have I have a daughter from like a one night stand. It's very hard to make jokes about it because if you do two jokes about it and then you move on to dating on tinder or whatever the fuck yeah. it is people are like wait with w- your daughter like what about your daughter yeah so <laughs> who's it's like, watching your if daughter you talk about your dad being dead <laughs> it seems like it's got to be the through line so back to dating because you uh, we were talking earlier uh Lori, is uh you are a single lady i'm a single one are you on the swipe apps um i i i'm taking a break from the swipe apps i don't like them very much are you on raya Yes. Of course you are. I'm on Raya, and I just, like, I can't stand the music videos. So Raya... By the way, on Raya, explain to people what Raya is. Raya is, like, a... Would you say that it's... I think it's it's only in L.A., right? Yeah, and New York, and, like, Dubai. Clearly, I've never been invited. (laughs) I've never been asked to join Raya, so I don't know. So it's, like, a a special app. Would you say that it's, like, industry people-ish? I mean, now it's so... Well, it's basically, like, you got to be rich, famous, or hot. Yeah, and you have to be, like... You have to get a recommendation, and then they have to like look through your yeah, stuff through and decide your Instagram if you're. And yeah. But I feel like I've seen some people on there where I'm like, "How did you pass? Like, how did you get through?" Yeah. But there's like a music video that play. Like they they have a bunch of slideshows of their picture, and then they pick a song, which really can go so awry. I got <laughs> matched by this boxer, and I thought he was so hot, and then it was like God's plan was his song, but it works because he's like a legit boxer. So yeah. I was like, "All right." And you went out with him. No. no, I've yet to go out with anybody on there. We match, we talk, 
nothing ever happens. So I'm not a closer. I'm not. I'm not good at closing the deal. You're well. having to close on these. I deals? don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. Uh, maybe they don't want to close well, with me. Yeah. Maybe they talk to me. I and they're like, oh, never mind. I don't these, want this on bitch. These swipe apps. <laughs> I'm banned from all the swipe apps for promoting comedy shows, which you're not allowed to do. That's apparently. bullshit. And anyway, uh, apparently a lot of people like they like to talk, but they don't close because a lot of them are shady and they have wives or girlfriends they're trying. Yeah. To just, yeah. I just think it's weird, and also too, I'm like, why do you have like you and like seven of your friends in the photo? That's something that really <laughs> throws me off. And <laughs> every photo, you're like, I every photo, I'm like, one. which one are you, Steve? Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. can't fucking tell. It's always the least attractive one. Always. Yes. And also, too, it's like, congratulations, you have friends. Now, we were talking left. about, um, uh, earlier, can we talk about what we were talking about earlier? Yeah. You have it? Because, if, look, if he's still listening to this, then you should get married. No, did I, no, did <laughs> I, I, my ex called me, and he was like, literally two days ago, and was like, I was listening to this podcast you were on. And I was like, what? Oh, uh, like, what'd I was you just say? Googling you, and I'm like, oh, well, good luck, because there's a lot of stuff that I've said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. there. Yeah. Especially when we go into my life and different bits and stuff. You don't talk shit about. Do you talk shit about him? A little bit, because I mean, he invited me to go watch him strip at a gay bar. But a little, Yeah, like after we broke up. Is he gay now? No. Mm. There's a whole thing there now yeah. that I learned yesterday or two days ago. By the way, I was a go-go dancer for years. I go-go danced at clubs that had gay nights. Yeah. I had to wear a diaper. I had to wear a G-string. But I never. But hear me out. <laughs> I never. Hear me out. A I diaper. never stripped at a gay club. Did you? But you danced in a diaper at a gay club. Uh, I would. <laughs> okay. First of all. First of all. First of all, I was in. I was in Did school. Did you pee also too? As I well. I was in school. Inside of it, you might as well. I was pay, helping pay my way through school. It was this limelight in I New York City. I mean, that's cool. It's yeah. fucking I'm legit. I'm not gonna judge. But you I had. To, I had to wear a diaper. A anyway, the point is this: to strip at a gay club, though, that's next level shit. That's next level shit. Why to did you do that? Strip. I feel like I can't say it on here. I don't want to be fucked up. But he's not. He was like into drugs and shit. So he's doing it for the drugs. I think he was doing more than a couple of drugs. Anyway, moving on. No, maybe for the dick. Maybe for the D. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so, <laughs> so now, Lori, I think. I'm never going to have a boyfriend because they're all going to listen to like, my podcast. Like, oh, like, she Lord. will drag Whoa, you. Wow, she's but, like but the Taylor Swift. Like, what the fuck? No, but let's, let's be honest. So, so <laughs> let's be honest. And Tommy will back me up on this, Lori. And <laughs> okay. I'm saying this. I'm saying this like a like a big brother to you, okay? By any metric, you are a very smart, funny, beautiful woman, and you're young and you're LA. It seems like dating should be a fun experience for you, and you should be able to get the best guys. You should get the best guys. I, I get, should the, get best the best guys. guys. Um, and your experience with guys has been what? With in LA, how long you been in LA? By, by I've the been way? in LA for s- almost six years now. Six years, okay. Almost six years, and my dating experiences have been terrible. Have you been single all that time? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm not. Oh, because you broke up with with CTE, and then you yeah. were in LA. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. What? Hundred percent. I don't know his name. We're not naming him. <laughs> we won't name him on this podcast. It's called CTE. Okay. So then you're in LA. And you're like, boom. And yeah. Well, I think when I moved out here, I was like, oh my god, like I had never dated. Like when I was in high school, I didn't date. So like I came out here, I was like, I don't even understand how to do this. And I clearly like the guy that I was with didn't date. Like didn't date me properly. So yeah. like I didn't. Like I almost sort of like didn't know the criteria of like dating. <laughs> like I felt like I was thrown into a shark tank. Absolutely. Like, I was just like, I don't understand. Or like you were like, and this is a bad analogy. 
analogy because this is not any a physical reference, but like those whales in cap- captivity, Are like those orcas. No, I do use it. But like they're in captivity. <laughs> I was and like, and then they're released. They're released into the ocean. They're like, what the fuck yes, is this? Yes, I was a whale, and I was released into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, love me, okay, I'm a whale. Fine. You were a lion that was released f- into cap- from <laughs> yeah. captivity. Call me into a the fucking port. lioness. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Call me a goddamn, not a fucking orca. But you know what I'm saying, Tommy? Like, y- yeah. you you were in I this long you. relationship, totally. and all of a sudden no, you're yeah. in totally. the fucking wide open world. Me mm-hmm. out into the world as an orca. So and, I mean, it's like I Tarzan. Mean, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, it's basically the female Tarzan. <laughs> and put in the fact that Christian science is shit. And yeah, the Texas Christian and science, that the Texas shit. There's a lot of stuff you had to Sex process. shaming. I mean, there's like a lot. Sex shaming. What do you mean? There's a, there's total shaming of sex in like heavily religious upbringings. Yes. Yes. There's that just comes with it with the church. I feel like to an mm-hmm. extent. Yeah. Like a little level of it. I th- I yeah I think that's good. I, luckily, my mom was very liberal because I masturbated so much as you do when you're a young boy <laughs> and I didn't have any cleanup plan. It was oh just like on the sheet, on the blanket. And my mom never my said a what? word. My mom never said a word to me. And that's why I, that's why I'm very healthy sexually. Blue. Blue. I had, I honestly, if my kid was blowing loads into like socks and into like. You would just wash them and keep No, I would look at him shut. and I'd be like, you fucking get a towel and you figure it out. Let's get you. I, would, I would literally him for life, buy Lori. some paper towels and just stick them by okay, his bed. do that, do that. Just give okay. him a subtle notice. My mom, my poor mother had to like do laundry for um, my stuff. <laughs> Your step who? Father? My stepbrother. And oh. found like jizzy shit. And she was just like, I can't. I was like, don't do oh. his laundry. She was like, you did this like a certain age. You have to know where to jizz. I'm sorry. I, I never, I never. I Maybe I, that's I, a, I, was, I don't I know. Maybe that's that a. That people would like, would like come into their hand or in a sock. And I was like, I would just go anywhere. And I would never think about it. My you just like mom. do it on a table, just no shits given, just leave it. <laughs> on the table. My blankets were all tented up and starched and just, fucking, No, they were just like stiff as move. fuck. Yeah. The sock thing always seemed weird to me. Just jizz like into a sock? Is in there. I got a clean sock. The sex is a, sex is a really fucking weird thing in America. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. It yeah, really is. It. It's just like no one no one knows. Okay, so you're with this guy yeah. and uh he uh, he didn't last very long. That's what you're saying. This just happened. You're yeah, like this guy I was just kind of a one minute man. A one I could hold a plank longer than he fucked me. Now, what did you say to him? After <laughs> did you say that? Did you go, oh, or did you go? It's okay, baby. It happens. To we everybody. didn't. I didn't even like really acknowledge it. I was just kind of like, I didn't hmm. see this coming. There was like such good. I see this coming. No pun intended. Completely. Like, yeah. did not see that. I. Th- we had great chemistry. It was amazing. And maybe the was chemistry like, was too good. Maybe it was too good. I'm gonna give him the give benefit him of the chance. doubt that the chemistry chance. was just too good. Give but him I three. swear in my life, like I, this happens to me, and then I, I. I'm probably gonna regret saying this, but like I like had one guy where I was like I thought he was so great, I was so excited, and I was like, oh god, he's got a small dick. I just know, uh-huh. I know he's got a small dick. Uh-huh. And then it's he had a small dick, and then I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I've never been with a small dick guy. Like let's just see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe he'll know what to when do. When you say small dick guy, what are you talking? Tommy? I'm just talking like not impressed. Like just oh, okay. like like like. Like small, like this, like, Tommy. Like this can. Like like something teeny I like don't that. Know, no. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. Like your eyes don't even water when you give head. Like that's when you know that there's a problem. <laughs> like that's when you know. Like that's the given. Like when it's like it's, it's called a job for a reason. So like it's got to be like an element of work to this it. This is part of your stand-up. No, but it should be. It should be. I feel like I riff on the past two times I've been here. I've been riffing, and we're like, "Do you say this on stage?" And you're like, "No." no and I'm like, "But I, I will. I will." Yeah. But it's like that's. I was like so bummed. I was like, God damn it. And then I got to this whole space where I was like, I think that 
that the only nice guys in the world are the ones with small dicks because they have to be nice. They have to be nice in the get-go. They have to loop you in. They don't, they don't pressure you with sex. They're not coming out like, hey, my dick. Because yeah. guys with big dicks, that's what they have. Yeah. That's what they have to offer. That's what they're going for. Yeah. So that's what they come in with. Yeah. They come in hot with that. That's their opener. Yeah. Guys with smaller dicks are like, let me impress you by like great dinners and yeah. great conversations. And cunnilingus. And and yeah. Yes. 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 And listening, which which that <laughs> that listening. can be good. Listening. Yeah, like yeah. they'll listen. They'll be like they'll be able That's to reference. By they'll way, do call back. You should say that. Some Guys are small with pressure with like really big things that <laughs> men don't do, like listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, I told my mom, I could find because she was you like. You talked to your mom about sex. I talked to my mom about sex, and I was just like, yeah, because I was really excited about this guy. I was like, mom, he's so great, and like he has a small penis. And she's like, So how did it work when you when you you, you dealt with it? Huh? Was, was it fine when it was in switch? He was another. He was another one that came really fast, and he was like, that, the next time it's gonna be great. And I was like, oh man, there's <laughs> not gonna be next time. Like if you look at me afterwards and you're like, oh, we'll just get ready next time. He was like, I haven't been working out. Like things have been different. I was like, God damn it, what the fuck? And I go on spells. Like I go on spells where like I don't have sex. Like I'm not somebody that just like fucks all the time. You ain't thirsty. I'm not thirsty. I project thirst, but I am quenched. Like I just. <laughs> Yeah, this one, it was just like, I was so, I think at that point I was like, I hadn't had sex in a while and I was like, this, I already like put in all this time. I felt like a dude that like put in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, let's go. Like, let's, let's go. see. <laughs> Told my mom and she's like, you big dicks aren't everything, Lori. Your dad had, and I was like, that is why my dad had a small dick and women. Oh, your dad had a small my dick? Mom, I don't even know. My, this is, the, I feel so dad, bad. Dad, give us a sign if you had a small let dick. Let us know. Let me know if you had a small dick. But like, my mom was like, your dad didn't have the band. I was like, just stop. And I was like, that's the problem, mom. We go after like our dad. And I clearly that is like a small dad dicked man. Wow. Hey, Tom, you, like know what, you know what that means? You got a chance. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Tommy's doing fine. Look at the size of his hands. He's doing yeah, fine. Yeah, you can oh tell. Honestly, I, I'm a, I, I, I know it's wrong, but like I am a big proponent of like I will look at an appendage and be like, okay, what do those thumbs look like? Like what's, <laughs> like, what's going on with the thumbs? These are meaty paws, bro. Like I just like... When you, the guy that the, there's there's been guys where they have very delicate hands, oh, but yeah. I'm like a tall chick. Like I can't be with small. Yeah, you guy. go with someone who can take a hit. I have like big feet. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. like I'll go home <laughs> with people and like I'll take my shoes off and I'm like, okay, it's done. I have bigger feet than you. We're we're never gonna be together. <laughs> I went home with this one guy and I, I was just like, honestly, I'm too big for you. And he was like, because he was like being very like he he. I also, I was very naive when I first moved out here. Like when I, someone was like. Want to come to my house and smoke? And I was like, yeah. I like didn't have my card. I was like, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm gonna smoke a jam. I'm gonna go home and be high as fuck. Yeah. Get there, and then it was like, oh no, we're not. We're not here to smoke weed. Like they wouldn't pull it out right away, oh. and they'd like. And I hadn't. If you're going to do the weed gambit, you gotta produce the weed. Right. Like that's what you led me here with weed, and yeah. and I had this one guy, and he just like wouldn't, I like wouldn't like wouldn't let it go that like it wasn't gonna happen. And finally, I was just like, uh, you're. I'm too big for you. And then he got like pissed. He was like, and he's like I'll show you. He big. was like, I, you are shallow. And then as you fuck. beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. And then I fucking fought him. <laughs> you picked him up by the neck like you motherfucker. He was like, you just don't even know. <laughs> and I was just like, and then finally he like wouldn't let it go. And I was like, I'm still in love with my ex. And then he was like, you need to leave. And I was like, thank you. Thanks. Oh. Like I like I didn't I didn't even know. By how the to way, get out if you there. ever, ladies, if we have any lady listeners, if you ever want a guy to leave, just say, I'm still in love with my ex. That's literally. The only thing you have to say. I literally like at that. I, I I didn't even know that that was what had to be said. It yeah. was just like now you know. But it worked. He was like, "Get out," and I was like, "Thank you." Yeah. 
literally just I'd still love them. Small ass. feet. No I'll guy's gonna be no guy's gonna be like, I'll show you love. You know? <laughs> Let me love you. <laughs> they're not. They're gonna be like, okay, they're bye. like, she's got issues. Get the fuck out. And I know this because it's been said to me before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, not into it. Um, yeah, so one minute, man. Okay, so we have so Tommy is single, can't get on Raya. Lori is can't single. Can't get on Raya. Do you want me to reference I mean, you? I'll give you a reference yeah. code. I've Will never you? really been. Do you, you want a reference code? Do you want a reference code? No. Do you want a reference code? I don't. I think I'm. Raya. Honestly, I mean, it's cool, but it's also too and like I thought it was gonna be. I think it's like the Soho house. Like I thought it was yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah, like, and course. then you get it's in like and everything. you're like, okay. But it's not everything. I think it's even heaven. You get to heaven, you're like, oh really? This is it? This is it? Like um, there's not even like yes. a buffet. Yeah. Tommy. Tommy, 24. Mm-hmm. Young kid, dreamy eyes. Get him on Raya. Give him a reference. Come on. I'll reference you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I've been offered to be referenced before. Yeah, I'm he's like, this like, is not the it. first time. All right, maybe Why would I'll do you, it. What, you're on Tinder? No, I'm not. Bumble? Uh, yeah, I did that in Hinge for a little bit. Yeah, but whatever. Honestly, Raya. though, Bumble, Bumble really made me realize like it is really hard to have to be the uh, initiator. Mm. Oh, yeah. Women you know, like, I mean, like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely, like, it is kind of like you're uh, like, oh, my God, like, how am I going to be, like, witty and cute That's how you realize fun. how corny women are. Here's the thing, are. though. It's like, you got to be witty <laughs> and cute and fun on Bumble, but you know you're probably going to get a reply. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. But then it's like, like there is too witty. Yeah. There's like and then women are like, hey, you just got stung. And there's a little bee emoji. Oh, oh I'm my like, God. ugh. Ew, I, ew <laughs> I've never even that? thought of oh, that. Oh, happened more than, more than once. You like, just you got just got stung. stung. I never <laughs> thought of that. I'm a, com- I'm a comic Bumble. and I never fucking thought of that. That's why you never thought of that. They were like, they were like, they're like, you know, I'm going to do my just got stung line and <laughs> see oh, how this works. Wow. Ew. Were you like. And I was like, ah, oh, that's funny. I'm my allergic. My show is at Gotham Comedy Club. I'm actually going to be at this place. I used to have so much fun fun promoting on I think when I did the first time I was headlining in, in Arizona <laughs> and uh, I had like 15 women show up to the show because oh, no. I was like and they showed up and they were like hey I'm like hey you want to buy my t-shirt and um, uh oh William <laughs> to delete delete don't accept uh, and I'd say you want I'd say <laughs> uh oh William oh, oh, oh who's William William booty call time you want to buy my um, was that was really nice. That'll that'll be the promo, <laughs> right, there, right there. So um, I would say uh, oh, and then come I go like, hey, here's a t-shirt. I was selling merch. That's amazing. And they'd be like, oh, and they they buy a t-shirt and they'd stand there. I'd be like, and then someone else would come on and they were like, and they would like walk away really slowly. Oh. No. <laughs> Fuck it. Because my entire life I've had women fucking make me buy them drinks, buy them dinner, blah blah. That's like, true. That's oh, true. Yeah. That's true. That's and true. I was Got like, em. Yeah. Fucking that probably felt switch. really good. It felt like it felt like male reparations. That's what <laughs> it felt. Oh, oh, definitely. All the reparations for all of the times. And also, I gave them a. Fr- they didn't have to pay for the show. Yeah, I gave them man. a free show. Yeah, I, I, and it wasn't just me. It'd be like it was actually me and Jay Chris Newberg were co-headlining. Oh so yeah, they so it was great. Good comedy. They got a good great show. show. They yeah. got a good show. It was free, and they bought some fucking t-shirts. I'm gonna get on the dating apps, and that's what I'm gonna do. I don't think you'll be banned for doing it, but I'm, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I'm gonna do that for my. March 25th show at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> oh, you're March 25th at the Laugh Factory? Yeah, it's my birthday. We got to get Lori's uh, episode out then, by by then, then for sure. It'll be my birthday. Um, I'm stoked. So, Lori, I know you want to go back to salsa dancing. By the way, great place to meet singles is salsa dancing. Is it, though, for... I think it's great for men, but is it great for women? I'm of taller than is. all of them. Like, the, I was literally... Everybody that I was salsa dancing with was up to my titties. <laughs> I was like, this is not the place for me. This is just not. But they're probably, you know, they probably know what they're doing. 
That's true. I mean. <laughs> what was that accent? Jesus <laughs> they Christ. They know what they're doing. I'm like well, Russian, but from Mexico. Anyway, um, and <laughs> well, salsa uh, is even Mexican. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, so Lori's got to go. So Lori, um, so tell us about some stuff that you're up to and what you're doing. And what's what's the future look like for you? Like, what do you want to do? Where's oh. the big plan? Big plan. Um, I love how I love how. When we start talking about guys' relationship, you you lit up like a pinball machine. Oh. I Lori did. Yeah. I that's such. You're so funny and passionate. I hope that becomes a big part of your act because you have a very unique point of view, and I'm encouraging uh, you to uh, go uh, in your stand up. Of uh, of uh, talking about my shitty dating life. I think it's great because you have like a joie de vivre about it. That I think it's very. It just it happens. Very very nice. So um okay. I think it's because I'm not talking about myself. I don't like talking about myself. Why not? I don't know. It feels very narcissistic to be like, oh, yeah, coming up, I've got this and this, and I'm writing this, and I'm doing this, and I have 10 years, I want to be here. And it just feels like a lot. And my vagina's like so voice. good, every guy comes. <laughs> every that guy reminds comes me a little one. of, like, every Maria Bamford's <laughs> fancy woman voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is, give yourself, like, a, what does it look like five years from now, you as a stand-up? I hope to, dear Lord, that I'm on the road doing college shows. Doing mm. college shows as a headliner. Yeah, I really want to start getting into the college m- market. Well, you got to be beyond clean and beyond PC. I know, PC. which I'm not PC and I'm not clean. Well, so then <laughs> give it up. <laughs> so maybe that dream. Okay, well, so uh, a five-year plan, scratch that. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to be doing then. I don't even know. Uh, I hope I have a special out. I hope I have a show. Yeah, and you've been doing comedy for how long now? I've been doing comedy now. I started in 2013, but like consistently on the grind three and a half years very cool and have you right no, I feel like people get really specific like you gotta be like sure 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 right like me being like 2013 but like inconsistently it yeah, doesn't really it. work and do you have uh, any headliners you want to work with on the road that you would be like approach them and say hey I want to go with you on the road by the way they won't say no I honestly didn't really know that that was a thing that I could just go up to a headliner and be like I like your shit I would love to go with you on the road. Yes. I did not know that that was a thing that Until you could Until when? Until just now. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding I'm me? I'm dead ass serious. I thought that that, like, I thought it I was like. I will say this. I, I thought it was like, like, they have to ask you. Like, w- that's w- what I always thought. They had to ask you. Everyone that I've opened for on the road, I asked. Okay. That might not be a good sign. But no, that's, but it's but also. I opened, for, I opened for Joe Coy, Chris Lee. I opened for Dane. I opened for, like, a lot of people in different shows. So it's, um, you know, and I asked. I asked Daniel Tosh. I talked about earlier, and he, he was like. Get the fuck out of my face, <laughs> but um, but I think it's important. A lot, a lot of people don't, and I think it's great. I will say this: a comic that I interviewed recently, a female comic, you will have to deal with this probably from some of these comics, which is like, and I, I don't want. I'm not gonna name the name of the comic who said this, but she said, "I want." I goes, "You're my one of my favorite comics. He's he works a lot, in both clubs. Uh, I would love." To, he goes, "Yeah, you can open for me, but you're gonna have to fuck me." She was like, "Ha ha," and he was like, "No, I'm serious." And then she thought he was joking. And I guess she was like, so when am I going to open? He was like, well, you know the deal. And he does it in like a funny, jokey way. That disgusts me. I want to punch him in his fucking face. I think that's disgusting. But it's also, we're fucking human beings and we're disgusting. And it happens. So I imagine as a woman, that's something you probably have to deal with a lot. Does he have to fuck the male openers too? Huh? Does he fuck his male openers too? You know what? There's actually some debate about whether or not he might fuck some males. Anyway, now some people might know who it is. But I, I my point is like as a as a I woman, feel like would, I'm you feel, figuring out who it is. would you I feel un- would you feel uncomfortable like asking men to open like why wouldn't you ask Dane? Dane's on tour now. 
I guess you'd have to, he'd have to know your material, know your stuff. So. Yeah, and like. What about Bobby Lee? He'll take people on the road. I don't even. I didn't. I mean, now there's like a whole plethora of people I'm thinking of in my mind. So. Well, you know what? If we got anything from this podcast, hopefully, one of the people in your mind right now, you will ask in the next couple weeks. Yeah. And just say, hey, first of all, what's the harm in it? Right. This like just to know. Oh, a hot girl just asked me when her feet are too big. Forget it. No, it'll be fine. It's a good thing Why to do. Why did you have to bring up my feet again? <laughs> Why did you have to talk about my big feet? Um, so you have a special. You go on the road, and then and I have a sc- I have scripts. I have a couple scripts, but yeah. I have I have some scripts, and there's a few that I really really care about. So I hope in the next like five years that I will have at least shot one or two of those. Very cool. Yeah. And do you do you consider yourself an actress too? Or are you really? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Very cool. Um, well, anything else you want to tell us? Anything else you want to pitch and plug to the uh, to the listening and the viewing audience? I've got a comedy show at the Laugh Factory on the 25th. Come okay, on out. Which is her birthday. My birthday. Yeah, we'll get this out right It'll then. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. And is that when's the 25th? Next? Monday. Yeah. So, fuck And then I got Tommy's show on the 24th. Fourth. Nice. Awesome. And then I got a show on the 26th at the Improv. Well, Lori, I think. Ice House the 28th. <laughs> Lori, that's a fuck. That's enough, okay? That's, can you <laughs> shut the fuck up, Lori? Uh, shut up, Lori Douglas. I'm a big fan. What is your What is your social media stuff handles? And stuff? Uh, Lori Period Douglas on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel the need, uh, report Lori Douglas on Instagram so oh. I can get her name. Yeah, there you go. Feel free. Get Just at feel it. Feel free. And then yeah. Lori Dash Douglas is my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out, Thank you for having me. Enjoy your salsa after the show. (laughs) Signing off from the After Laugh. Bye-bye. It's the After Laugh, After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh, After Laugh, After Laugh. (laughs) After Laugh, man. (laughs) Go ahead, pull up a chair. (laughs)